Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Yes, Lord, we will praise you for all our days. We'll praise you. Now, we have a little bit of a different service this morning. Because we have the kids in, we have, please feel free to sit down. We have a short worship set, then we have a short talk, then another little worship set, then another little talk. Okay, it's all a little bit different. Okay, and we have a few different things on stage. Caps, could you just pass me my iPad? Having the talk with me, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? (laughs) Okay, so we have got, thank you, thank you so much. Let me just, uh, oh I know, so exciting when there are props, huh? So exciting. Okay, you will find out what's going on with all this stuff. In a little bit. Okay, now, we are, we are carrying on our series in, in James, okay? And we are talking about being humble friends of God this morning. So, before we take a look at the Bible, which we're going to do in a minute, I just want you guys to think back to the last time that you had an argument with someone. Just think about it. If you got it, when was it? Some, for some of us, it's easier than others. I'm thinking this morning, <laughs> yesterday. Um, I just want you to think, who are you arguing with? What were you arguing about? You don't have to tell anyone. Just keep that in your head. Okay. I, I don't think it's too hard for any of us to think back to the last time we maybe had an argument. You know, when my children were little and they had an argument, the most common thing that it was about was that one of them had something that the other one wanted. So it might be, Mom, Mom, he's got my best Pokemon card, but I won it from him. No, he didn't. He cheated. He can't have it. It's my favourite. Um, would you be kind and would you give it back? No, I won't. The whole point is to win it. It's to win the best. You didn't. You cheated. He's a cheat. He's a liar. Oh. And you know, what is it? What is it about us needing to have the best or be the best to justify our actions? You know, sometimes we as grown-ups might think that we are a little bit beyond these arguments. We don't argue over Pokemon cards. But we are definitely, definitely right when it comes to which football team is the best. Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. There there you go. There you go. And you know, we were definitely in the right, in that instant on the way to the work, where that car cut in, that road, we were definitely in the right there. And you know, sometimes we can think we're definitely right when we know what is best politically for our country, you know? And everyone else who thinks something different, well, obviously they're wrong. And we are right. You know, this is just one of the things that James addresses in his passage today. So we're going to look at this passage. I've got a few readers tapped up. So readers, would you come up to the front? We've got one, two, three, and four. They're just coming up now. And Caps is going to... uh, No, Lauren's 
you're in the wrong order, but it doesn't matter. Lauren's going to start. There we, it's, there's always one. There is always one. It's usually my husband. But we love him anyway. Lauren. Do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that make war inside you. You want things, but you don't get them. So you kill and are jealous of others, but you still cannot get what you want. So you argue and fight. You don't get, you don't get what you want because you don't ask God. Or when you ask, you don't receive anything because the reason you ask is wrong. You only want to use it for your own pleasure. You people are not faithful to God. You should know that loving what the world has um, is the same as hating God. So anyone who wants to be friends with this evil world becomes God's enemy. Do you think the scriptures mean nothing? The scriptures say the spirit of God made to live in us wants us only for himself. But the kindness God shows is greater. As the scripture says, God is against the proud, but he is kind to the humble. So give yourselves to God, stand against the evil, and he will run away from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You are sinners, so cling sin out of your lives. You are trying to follow God and the world at the same time. Make your thinking pure, be sad, be sorry, and cry. Change your laughter into crying, change your joy into sadness, be humble before the Lord, and he will make you great. Brothers and sisters, don't say anything against each other. If you criticize your brother or sister in Christ or judge them, you are criticizing and judging the law they follow. And when you are judging the law, you are not a follower of the law. You have become a judge. God is the one who gave us the law, and he is the judge. He's the only one who can save and destroy. So it is not right for you to uh, for not right for not right for you to judge anyone. Wow. You know that is such strong. Stay there a minute guys. That's such strong stuff from James. Now, the passage starts with Lauren. It started externally, looking at how we treat each other. Lauren, could you put your piece on the top here? So that was how we treat each other. Then the middle two passages were all about how we, our relationship is with God, our, our heart and our minds and our motivation. It's like an internal thing. So we'll put those on the board. Wang Chan, would you put that there? Thank you. And then it goes back again to our relationships with others. Thank you, Narek. And so you can see that the structure of this is a bit like a sandwich. All right? You've got the bread on the either side, and then you've got... The, uh, the, the bit in the middle. Who, so let me just ask you, what makes a great sandwich? Have you got a favourite sandwich? Tell me what your favourite sandwiches are. The clubs. Prawn sandwich. BLT. Cheese and pickle. Just ham. Yeah. Okay. Salad. You see, you know what? What's really, what's really interesting is it is the, the, the filling that gives the flavour 
and defines what kind of a sandwich it is. We have a ham sandwich or we have a cheese sandwich. And this is a little bit like our lives. What we fill our lives with, what we fill our hearts and minds with, defines what kind of a person we are going to be. And in this passage, that is being friends with God. The bread around the outside is also really important. Let's just have a hands up. Who likes white bread? Who likes brown bread? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm a brown bread person. But you know, if I saw a sandwich which had a filling that I really liked, but the bread around the outside was kind of that processed, thin, white bread, I might give that one a miss. In a sandwich, the bread is as important as the filling. And you know, it's the same way in our lives. How how we treat other people and our relationships with other people is just as important as our relationship with God, okay? They're just as important. You can't have one without the other in a good sandwich. And you can't be great friends with God and not good friends with others. You can't do that. Both are important. So let's have a look at what we fill our lives, our hearts with. So... This is the filling. This is what James says is the filling. So the first one is, if we're going to be friends with God, James says in verse 7 that we need to give ourselves to him, to submit to him, to give ourselves to him. He's in charge of this relationship and not us. In other words, no matter how good we are at making sandwiches, he has all the tastiest and most nutritious fillings. (laughs) And he is willing to share those with us if we're willing to give them a try. He wants to give you the best things to fill your lives with, the best things to put in your sandwich. Now, I'm wondering if we sometimes find that a little bit hard. After all, don't we already know what we like best? Yeah, we think we know best. But, you know, thinking that we know best is the opposite. It's the opposite of giving ourselves to God which is what we need to do if we're going to be friends with him. He is the creator of the universe and the maker of heaven and earth. He's far, far greater than us, and he created us. So, of course, he knows what's best for us. But, you know, his desire for us to do what he says and to take his advice is actually for our benefit and not his. He's not just wanting to be in charge because he likes to feel big and powerful. He doesn't need to feel that. He already is. He already is the biggest and the most powerful and has the most authority. The difference is he's actually inviting us to share that with him, even though that he knows he doesn't have to and he knows that we don't deserve it. In fact, he wants to be friends with us so much that he was willing to give up that power for us. We see this in Philippians 2. It says in Philippians 2 that Christ, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, Jesus chose to make himself weak and vulnerable. In the, um, surrendering himself on the cross to a horrible death, to make sure that our friendship with God was right. And he asks us to put down what we want for our lives and follow him, 
the more that we can do that, the more that we can give ourselves to God, allowing him to be in charge and do what he says, the better for us. So how do we do that? How does James tell us to do that? Well, one thing we're told in these verses is to stop being friends with the world and, and stand against the devil. And what does that mean? Well, we need to stop listening to bad ideas about what to put in our sandwich. I have a sandwich here. It's kind of half brown, half white. I thought I'd go in between just to keep everybody happy. Uh, <laughs> so the world, the world tells you that you need to be better and more successful and more popular in order to be valuable. Those lies can be sweet and seductive like these sweets. They look attractive. No. Hmm? They seem to taste nice. But you know what? And it, they're things like, you know, if I have the best toys or the best phones or if I'm like the funniest person in the classroom and therefore I am the most popular, then actually people will like me. And I'll be valuable, and I'll and 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 people will want to be seen with me, and I'll be more acceptable to all everyone around me. Maybe even more acceptable to myself. So, you know, like too much sugar, it may initially taste nice, but you can't really get any real. Um, nourishment from these values, in the end they start to make you feel spiritually and mentally sick and they start to affect the way that you treat other people. They're also addictive, they never give you satisfaction. You can never have enough money, you can never have a big enough house, you know it's always if that's what you're going for, it's never enough. And you know it affects our, our, our relationship with others because it makes us become judgmental about those who think differently to us. And it leads us into making endless toxic comparisons with other people. It's just no good for us. It's no good for us. Like this sandwich, you couldn't live off that. But you know, that's what the world does. But you know, the devil will come in. And the devil comes in with his dirt, which is not even something you can eat. And he'll say something like, oh, you will never be good enough. He'll say things like, who are you to think that you belong here? And he'll say things like, people only like you because of the house you live in, because of the toys that you have. People only like you if you're funny and popular at school. That's the only thing that makes you worth anything. And, and he comes in with this and he puts his... his dirt on top of those things, on those worldly values, making you feel isolated and confused and alone and killing you from the inside out. You would not eat that. You would not eat that. We don't listen to the lies of the enemy. And you know, if we fill things with that and we fill things with the things the world has to offer and the dirt from the enemy, what there is is there's no room in the sandwich for the good things that God might have to offer us. And it's no wonder that we don't feel close to him. And it's no wonder that his voice seems far away. You know, we need to stop 
valuing what the world offers and stop listening to the devil's lies and draw near to God. We need to put all this stuff away from us in the bin where it belongs, okay? And, and, and just not listen to that. God wants to be our good friend. He offers us good things for our lives. And if we fill our lives with the things of the world and the devil, there's no room for the good things that he has got for us. Okay, now, I'm going to leave you with that thought. And we're going to come back and we're going to do a little bit more worship. And then we're going to come back and do the second half of the talk. Are you, are you with me? Slightly different, slightly different way of doing things this morning. You with me, yeah? We're, we're, we're doing, we're, we're good, we're good. Okay, so in the first half, we took a look at what it might be like to fill our life with the things the world wants for us and the devil wants for us. That is just down there on the floor. It looked disgusting. No one would want to eat that. Okay, that sandwich belonged in the bin. There's no room in there for the good things that God is offering us. James says that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. He says we need to repent and change our thinking, get ourselves in line with what God values rather than what the world values. You know what God values? God values love and kindness and faith. He values holiness, righteousness, humility. He values obedience to his word. And you know what? His kingdom is full of what he values. Peace and beauty, redemption and freedom. Really, really good things like this tray of good ingredients. Okay? It's good things, good things to fill our life with, good things that will feed us and bring us nutrition. And, you know, we draw near to him by spending time with him, by paying attention to what he's saying and aligning what we want for our lives with what he wants for our lives. To come near to God is to spend time with him and walk with him and see, uh, uh, see people and situations through his eyes rather than the world's eyes. So... James tells us that part of that is taking sin seriously. He says, stop being double-minded. Stop flirting with what the world has to offer. He says, wash your hands, purify your hearts. He says, change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Now, that is not a contradiction to the promise that the Lord has that he will turn our mourning into laughter. This is James asking us to take our sin seriously, not to laugh it off and take it lightly as we sometimes do, as the world sometimes does. You know that phrase, oh, boys will be boys or girls will be girls. You know, oh, we just laugh it off. Doesn't matter in that circumstance. You know, even the small things that nobody sees, they do matter. Having sin in our lives is like this. It's like having a fairly healthy looking sandwich, okay? And inside though, if you look a little bit closer, there's stuff that you really would not want to eat, okay? 
What can you see there? He shouted out. Stones, yeah. And so, you know, these, this is like sin in our life. Like at best, it would stop us from enjoying what God has to give us. And at worst, if we really sort of swallowed it, that would do us really serious harm. Yeah, that's what sin is like. That's what sin is like in our, in our lives. And you know, um, God's expectation of us is, is far greater. We are called to a higher destiny and a higher purpose, far, far more important with far deeper consequences than anything that the world or the devil can offer us. And as children of the living God, our expectations of ourselves should be higher. You know, we shouldn't get caught up in the thinking and the behaviour of the world because the consequences of that are serious. God's grace covers our sin, but not so that it doesn't matter how we behave, but so we're able to break free of the cycle of sin in our lives and be free of it, to be free to live, to be the person that God created us to be. James is saying, let's get serious with ourselves about what really matters and serious with God's calling on our lives. So when we get that bit right, when we get the right relationship with God, the filling of our sandwich right, then we also need to make sure that our relationships, our friendships with others are right too. We could have the best filling of all time in our sandwich, but if the bread was mouldy, We would not be eating that sandwich. We would know that that's no good. So what does James say about these things? Well, first of all, he confronts the arguments and the quarrels. He says that quarrels arise from our own desires that are battling within us. Okay, now, I want you to think back to that argument that I asked you to think about at the beginning of the service. Now, I'm going to ask you a few more questions about that. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about this with each other, okay? So, we've got these things here. We've got, what did you want out of the situation? You know, why were you, why were you angry? And what did you actually get out of the situation? Like, what was the result of it? And who was to blame? Are you sure you were right? Was the other person wrong? How did it make you feel about yourself and about the other person? I'm going to pause and let you discuss that. And parents, you could discuss that with your children. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. Just have a little talk about the last time you had an argument. Okay, right. You've had a little bit of time to talk about your arguments. Maybe there's been a little bit of confession going on. I don't know. Okay. But this is what we need to think about. Let me just ask you this. Was was being right more important to you than being humble or loving that person well? Were we in that situation letting our pride get the better of us? I mean, even if you were absolutely right, was that what was most important, you know, in the end result? So, you know, James, sometimes pride gets the better of us, but James also points out that that jealousy and envy cause us to want to argue with people. He wants the stuff... um, we want, we want the stuff that brings us happiness, that makes us look good, makes us feel better than others, when actually 
being a good and a humble friend should look like trying to bring about the happiness of others, trying to make them look good, to place other people and their needs above our own. So, James has told us that we need to be humble in the way that we treat others, not to argue with them and reveal our worldly desires and motive. He explains that we need to give our lives and our hearts to God to ensure our relationship with him is right. And then in the final part of the passage, James goes on to say that it isn't just the arguments, but it's also in our judgments of others that we can fall down. This is like the other piece of bread in the James sandwich, okay? He says that we shouldn't slander one another, which means speaking bad things about each other or indeed being judgmental of them. He then goes on to say, and this bit's a little bit complicated even for for, for most of us in the room, he goes on to say that doing so speaks against the law and therefore judges it. What exactly does he mean by that? Well, you know, I think, for me, the clue in that was when we were, I was reading the NIV version. In the NIV version, the last part of this passage says, who are you to judge your neighbour? Who are you to judge your neighbour? And, you know, this immediately reminded me, and I think would remind those Christians who this letter was intended for, of what Jesus said about the law when he's questioned on it in Mark. He is asked, what is the most important law? And we know what he says. We know these words really well. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And then he says, love your neighbour as yourself. He says, there's no commandment that is greater than these. For Jesus... This sums up the whole law. Every other law is an extension of these two. Love God first, then love others as yourself. Saying mean things about others, being judgmental of them, is not loving them. And it's not loving God, because it isn't putting his values first. When we decide, when we decide that other moral laws are more important than these, we are judging the law for ourselves, deciding what we think is more important, most important, when Jesus has already very, very clearly told us which are the most important laws. So we are not, as James points out, the Lord giver or the judge. That is God's job. In these things too, we need to submit to give ourselves to God. He's in charge of judgment, not us. We are called to love one another, to be good and humble friends of God, allowing him to be in charge of our lives and our thoughts and our hearts, to be good and humble friends to each other, loving one another, not competing with each other or making judgments of each other. So as we start to come to the end today, I just want us to pause for a moment and we're going to ask this, what is God saying to me today? What is God saying to me today? Can you think of ways that you can be a better friend to God? Can you think of ways in which you can be a better friend to others? It's 
says there, what are you going to do about it? And we are going to do something about it right now. Okay? Because one of the ways that we can be both good friends of God and good friends of each other is by praying for each other. That kind of covers both of those things. And we know that all the children are going to be moving into new things this week. Hey, kids, who is going, who is going to be going into a new class this week? Who's going to be going into... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my guess is all the kids are going to be going into a new class. How are you feeling about that? Happy. Happy? You're happy? Good. Yeah, good. Excited to be going back. What we're going to do is we are going to pray for the children. As adults, we're going to gather around the children. And this is a moment where maybe it might be an opportunity for parents to come and get their children because we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them for the new school year. We're going to pray for them with regard to their relationship with God, but also their relationship with others. Let's pray for their relationship with their teachers. Let's pray for their relationship with other kids in their classes. Okay, so could we, this is where we're all going to move. All right, we're used to this by now. We're all going to move. We're going to grab the kids. We're going to gather around kids and we're going to pray for them. Okay, one, two, three, go. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.